audio check. Today's episode is with the founder and CEO of Groove Health. We talk adherence, chatbots, and how pharmacists can play a role in the emerging technologies of AI. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is RX Radio. I'm your host, Richard Waith, and I have with me Andrew Harani. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, no problem at all. I'm really excited about this episode. I actually met Andrew, um, who's the founder and CEO of Groove Health. Uh, I met him at Hims earlier this year, and what was really intriguing to me was um, obviously the, his entire platform, but more so, what really caught my attention was that uh, the platform has a chat bot um, for patients to interact with and learn about their health. But before we dive, uh, before we dive into that, um, Andrew, if you can just uh, start us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So um, I was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas. So I'm a Midwesterner at heart. Um, went to Vanderbilt for undergrad, studied economics. So I'm not a pharmacist. Uh, by training, anything like that. Uh, but growing up was always really interested in this idea of technology and, and being able to build things to solve problems. So college, studied economics, um, worked in finance for a while, which I really enjoyed after college, um, but always had this longing to get back into technology and a, a keen interest in healthcare too. So back in... Uh, 2015, um, my dad had a heart attack. He had been healthy his whole life, had this major event that really sort of uh, shook up his life and and really, uh, really changed things for him. So I watched him struggle with his medication regimen after that and all the challenges that come with, you know, having a newly diagnosed disease. So um, that sort of served as a calling for me to say, hey, you know, I've had this passion in technology. Uh, the healthcare space is interesting to me. Now I have this uh, sort of this personal calling to where I want to try to help my dad solve this problem of, you know, just the complexities of taking five, six, seven medications at different times of the day. So um, that's what prompted me to, you know, get into Groove Health. Before that, um, loved what I was doing, but, you know, it just wasn't that personal calling. So 2016 founded the company, uh, was able to raise a funding round about a year and a half ago, and it's sort of been off, off to the races, um, since then with Groove Health. It's funny because a lot of times, you know, people, when they start things, it, it stems from a passion, from like a personal experience. And it definitely sounds like this is one of those, um, stories. So, Tell us, um, you know, tell us what it, what is Groove Health and, and kind of what exactly, what approach did you take to try to helping, you know, people like, um, you know, like your dad that had that situation? I mean, wh what is Groove Health doing to combat that? Sure. So we're uh, a technology company based in Chicago and we're focused on helping payers and health systems improve medication adherence and what we call patient activation. But, uh, you know, what's really the driving thesis behind the company is this idea of addressing the behavioral aspects of non-adherence, which is sort of something I saw with my dad, but really um, 
when I was going out talking to pharmacists, people like that, to try to understand what are the sort of the unique things in the non-adherence space. The thing that kept coming up was in order to truly improve adherence in patients, you have to uh, understand their reasons for non-adherence because someone who can't get a ride to the pharmacy is a lot different than someone who says, hey, I don't think I need to take this medication. So one of the things we built the company around was how can we uh, use technology to try to help and address these unique uh, behavioral aspects of non-adherence? Basically, how can we get to the root cause of why you're not taking your medication uh, so we can help healthcare providers, pharmacists, others uh, combat that and provide the right intervention? So to talk about our company specifically, uh, our product is an end-to-end digital platform that first identifies non-adherent patients and then engages them through an AI-powered mobile app. Um, and as you mentioned, that AI-powered mobile app has uh, a chatbot within it named Maxwell. And what he does is he'll talk to patients, um, he'll try to understand by asking questions and interacting with them, what might be this person's unique barrier to adherence? What might be the reason uh, or a risk that could keep them from taking their medications? And then once he figures that out, he sends tailored interventions, he'll send helpful articles, things that users really like to see. Um, And more importantly, he'll relay that information back to the appropriate care team uh, or the appropriate pharmacist, whoever it may be. So uh, to talk about you know, the types of companies we work with, the business model. Our focus is really on uh, health insurance companies and hospital systems. So to give an example of how we would work, say, with a health insurance company, um, pretend, for example, it was a Medicare managed care organization. They would work with Groove Health for a few reasons. First, they'd want to improve medication adherence, Secondly, they'd want to improve their medication-related quality measures. So CMS star measures for these Medicare plans is huge. Uh, And lastly, they'd want to give their members technology that they'll really love to use, which would be our mobile app. So what we do is we would take uh, simply claims data and eligibility data from the health plan. We'd apply our analytics to it to say, hey, these are the uh, top priority non-adherent patients. And then not only will we provide that list to the care team uh, at the organization, we'll also uh, proactively reach out to those patients through digital means, through our mobile app and through other sources to try to address their unique uh, barriers to adherence and always, always taking this tailored approach um, to our interventions. Great. So it looks like the, the app, um, is kind of presented, and, and I guess the information is presented through either a payer or a health system, and then the patient is essentially prompted to kind of download the app as a service from that payer or health system. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I should note that we also have a free a free version of the app on the App Store that anyone listening could download and check out. It it has uh, not as many features as the enterprise version. Maxwell does a few less things on the free version, but it's still an awesome app that will remind you to take your medications. It'll alert you of interactions and uh, Maxwell will answer your questions about medications. So the business model is what you said. We go to a health insurance company or hospital and they'd offer this to their 
members or their patients. But I'll add that we we have that free version that uh, people really love to use. Awesome. And let's talk about something specific because, you know, you talk about the different ways that, you know, you identify reasons for non-adherence. But what are some of the, I guess, more specific details around the strategies to like um, change that behavior? I mean, I don't know if you, maybe general, you can give us a, a very broad uh, example or something real specific in terms of what you might have identified with a patient and how the app potentially c- combats that reason for non-adherence. Yeah, sure. So um, to use a general example, if we, um, through Maxwell's interactions with the patient, through his engagement with them, if he determines that this person may have uh, low necessity beliefs and medications, they think, hey, uh, maybe they answered a question by saying, you know, when I, when I feel good a certain day, I don't I decide that I don't want to take my medication because I don't think I need to take it every day. It's just when I feel sick. That's a a type of behavior that Maxwell can uh, proactively reach out to them about and try to educate them about uh, the importance of taking these daily maintenance medications actually every day. So he may throw a statistic or two at you, um, but always something that's easy to understand. He may send an article that's tailored towards that specific problem. to try to get you over that particular hump. And now if it's something more difficult, so let's say the, the person has made it clear that um, they're having problems finding a ride to the pharmacy, because that's something Maxwell will ask about every now and again. That's something that Maxwell, it's very difficult for him to do. He, he can't really intervene there. But if we're working with a health insurance company or we're working with the hospital, we can route that information straight to the care team that's looking at our web portal with all the data from the mobile app. So um, those two examples show that in certain scenarios, Maxwell can provide his own information that's helpful. But for the really big things, uh, he'll alert the appropriate person at at the uh, organization we're working with so they can reach out and uh, help the patient fix that particular problem. The key here, I think, is trying to identify what is the problem and then Maxwell can help sort of route the appropriate intervention, whether it's through him or through uh, a healthcare provider. So it almost sounds like Maxwell is kind of the, um, like the real engine behind, I don't know for lack of better words, like the secret sauce behind Groove Health. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. He's, like I said, um, those the behavioral aspects is really the driving thesis of what we're doing, and Maxwell kind of personifies that. He's he's what we're doing that um, that we think is really different and unique. So how was how was Maxwell built? Um, you know, like what what does it take to build a I guess a chat bot like that? Um, you know, who's involved? I mean, I'm assuming you have to have like healthcare providers and things like that involved. Can you can you give us some some light on into uh, the building of Maxwell? Yeah, of course. So uh, it's a combination of things, of course. You need a good software team that understands these things um, and can actually do the technology side of it. But I don't think that's what would make this special. I think what you need to have, as you alluded to, is uh, healthcare professionals involved. So everything that Maxwell writes to you or anything that he returns 
all of this was done through our various advisors who are medical experts or you know several of them are pharmacy experts who have researched the behavioral aspects of non-adherence for a very long time people like that um, were engaging to help us come up with the right strategies for improving adherence because there's no substitute for uh, if we're talking about non-adherence speaking to a pharmacist who has decades of experience talking with patients understanding their issues and coming up with actionable solutions to help them overcome those issues. So we've tried to build Maxwell by talking to people like that, having them uh, come up with the strategies that we're using and having them really write the scripts that, um, that Maxwell uses to engage with patients because, you know, you can't replace that, the experience of a trained pharmacist or a trained physician speaking to a patient and coming up with those actionable solutions. So everything you see is backed by um, and created by medical professionals. And then the tech side, um, we have great developers that are able to, to create that really well. So you essentially had to create an answer for basically like every healthcare question almost. Right. Kind Like, is um, that kind of the, the, essence of it with all the you know advisors that you use to create the content yeah we i would say we created frameworks to answer the questions and then it's so the ai does a lot of the interpretation of what's being asked it will understand an intent it will understand which medication you're talking about and then it will search for the appropriate information from our repository of, of vetted information so um what we really, I wouldn't say we had an answer to every question. The AI kind of comes up with what is what are they asking about, finds the appropriate information. But what we did do with the medical professionals is figure out um, sort of what you could call phenotypes of non-adherence. So um, what types of things are we looking for to say, hey, this person can be classified as having this type of problem, which means provide this encouraging message things like that. So um, it's a little more nuanced than that, but I would I would think of it more as a framework for solving these problems. And is it something that like a patient, like let's say I, um, you know, a patient logged into the app, is it something where they can just at any time, you know, reach out to Maxwell and ask it a question about its particular, like a side effect, let's say, and then essentially they'd get an answer back? Exactly. So even on the free version, if you download it now, you could go in and say, um, to Maxwell at any time. Uh, hey, Maxwell, I forgot to take my Carvedilol today. What should I do? And he's going to understand that um, what you're the intent of what you're asking about, which is forgot to take. And he's going to see, okay, he's trained to know Carvedilol is a medication. He's going to go out through our, our repository of vetted content, and he's going to find the appropriate answer for you. He'll give you a bite-sized piece of information to give you just the general of what you want to know. And then he'll also link you to the uh, vetted website, which uh, ranges from a number of sources, but a common one I like to say is medlineplus.gov, a great website with helpful medication information. So um, he can, you can ask him a question at any time. And in our enterprise version, he'll, he'll also be asking you questions and sending you 
sort of interesting tidbits of information. So it's really a back and forth dialogue that that users love. So what's kind of scary about, um, you know, it's scary to most about products like these or, or technologies like these is, especially being a pharmacist myself, we get worried that our jobs are going to be replaced, you know, essentially. But I've been talking about, you know, this type, these types of roles and automations for a while now. And I, and I really want to break the, I guess, the stigma that this is going to replace healthcare professionals because it's not going to replace what we do. There's, there's no, there's, I mean, eventually it can possibly happen, but we're, we're not really close to changing the, or replacing the cognitive abilities of healthcare professionals and the way that we can, um, you know, connect with our patients uh, with empathy and help change their behavior. But I think these roles or, or these technologies are really going to help with making for more fruitful conversations um, with our with our patients. And I mean, is there do you get that kind of pushback too? I mean, what what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. So um, I think until until the time computers are truly smarter than humans in all regards, meaning including empathy and things like that. I can't see, for the most part, uh, especially healthcare providers being replaced by this type of technology, at least. What I see it doing is um, being a tool to arm pharmacists or to arm physicians with added information, extra data up front. So they can, when they're reaching out to a patient, uh, maybe Maxwell, for example, has already spoken to them and said, uh, and found out that, hey, the, the patient said I'm having some uh, leg pain related to my statin or something like that. He can arm the pharmacist with that information. So the pharmacist can be uh, more deliberate in, in their outreach, things like that. I think without a doubt, um, what's really difficult and I think right now pretty much impossible to replicate is that one-on-one -on -one experience with a real healthcare provider, meaning a human-to-human -human experience. There's empathy associated with that. There's different emotions associated with, with that. And you can build a good chatbot um, that people love to use, but it is in no way could be a replacement uh, to those types of interactions. So I agree with you completely in that these types of technologies, I think, can serve as uh, added information and arm these healthcare professionals with extra information that can be gathered without necessarily making an initial phone call. So maybe we're optimizing some resources by collecting some pieces of information up front, but in no way you know, is that I don't think can be a substitute for uh, a trained healthcare professional reaching out to patients. It's just a first line of defense to um, collect information and, and make everyone more efficient from the get go. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So what, I mean, we kind of spoke about, you know, that you use healthcare providers to kind of initially develop the content um, for Maxwell, but what other roles do you see that pharmacists can have, um, whether it be now or in the future for uh, companies like yours or just, um, or group health itself? Uh, you know, what, what do you see for the potential future and real ways that pharmacists can have an impact on technologies like these? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
one big thing, it, it ties to what, into what we just talked about. So we determined, we just decided that this technology can't be a replacement for these types of healthcare professionals, but it can be something that arms them with information. It can be a good complement, I guess I would call it. So companies like mine would love the opportunity to work with pharmacists on behalf of our customers. So we use that example, or I used that example earlier of say you're a Medicare managed care organization and you're wanting to use Groove Health because you want to improve your medication adherence star measures, for example. Um, you can't do all that with technology. We'll give your members a great way to manage their medications. We'll have Maxwell talk to them, but you need pharmacist interventions, for example. So um, for companies like mine to be able to find networks of pharmacists uh, to work with and collaborate with um, is huge. I think without that, technology in and of itself is helpful, but as I said, it has to be a complement. So um, that's one way. And I think in our in our hospital system partnerships, we really work directly with the clinical pharmacists at the at the particular hospitals. So we have one particular partnership where we're deploying our solution in a heart failure in basically people that are discharged with heart failure. But the, this, this hospital has a great um, sort of pharmacy transitions program in place already. We're just complementing that by giving their patients technology that allows them to track their medications, um, get reminders, and, and chat with Maxwell, things like that. But we route all this info straight to the clinical pharmacist. So in my eyes, without having uh, a true healthcare provider on the other end of this, to take those tough problems, uh, whether it's a ride to the pharmacy or something else, and help the patient solve them. Um, without that, the technology is much less valuable than it is with that. So, um, you know, we, I view that partnership of working and helping the clinical teams do their job as integral to the company going forward. So, um, that's definitely, you know, working with these healthcare providers is is something that definitely won't change, I think, in this space, at least not for a super long time until we have, you know, robots that are smarter than humans. Yeah. Which is <laughs> I don't know when that is. Yeah. And at that point, I mean we just there's nothing we can do. I mean Yeah. Who knows what <laughs> all bets are off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for things like it. I mean, because you look at the Alexa device and you look at um, you know mobile apps that have chat box like Max chat bots like Maxwell. There's always going to be room to improve the interactions and make those interactions better. And I think that's also where pharmacists have a great way to have an impact. I mean, you think about what a what a especially if a community pharmacist, all they're doing all day is literally talking to people with random questions. So we're hearing all the different ways that people can ask questions. And all the different ways they respond to some of them. So, I mean, um, I, I think it's a great opportunity for pharmacists to maybe start, you know, focusing on that, that you know, human to human interaction through text and maybe becoming experts in that so they can serve companies like yours. Um, but uh, moving on, I guess kind of segueing into like the future of healthcare. We talked about, you know, what's going to happen when robots are smarter than us. But um, but before that, what what most excites you the most about um, the future of healthcare? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I'd say the one thing I'm seeing a lot of is there's now a lot of talk about social determinants of health, which I think is to, to sort of segue into what I'm interested in. I think focusing on that is such an important topic. Um, and I think technology plays a big role in that. So um, the focus on the social determinants of health and using technology to help people with external challenges, connect with a doctor via telehealth or whatever it is, using technology to solve social determinants of health. That's something that's really exciting to me. I think um, as a consumer, I'm excited to hear about uh, discussions about price transparency in healthcare. I think, you know, there's so many headlines about um, how can we fix the healthcare system. I think price transparency, if we can get that uh, for consumers, that really excites me about healthcare. Um, and then one other I'd say is now more and more, I think in the last few years, we're seeing new catalysts for innovation in healthcare. So an example that's probably overly quoted, but I'll use it, is uh, Amazon buying PillPack, for example. You know, I don't have a view necessarily either way on that deal, but what it definitely did is sort of tell the incumbent PBMs or, or large retail pharmacies, hey, there may be new challengers now entering the healthcare space. And what that means is uh, we have to start innovating because consumers want innovative technologies. They want new ways to access healthcare. So I think anytime you have a new catalyst in a space, maybe where these large players had been sitting pretty for a while and now new potential challengers come in with Amazon or Verily or any of these other um, types of companies, all of that stuff is good, I think, for the consumer because it means now more competition, more innovation. And as uh, people like us who are consuming healthcare, we want those organizations, the big organizations, to be uh, thinking that they need to innovate. So we're seeing a lot of that pick up lately. I think that's a number of things, but um, all of those things really excite me. Yeah, I think when we look back, on history, you know, one day and look at, you know, what are some of the pivotal points in um, uh, pharmacy, you know, in, in healthcare in general. I think the Amazon, both their forming um, of that Haven company and buying right. a pill pack, I think those are going to be two things that we're going to look back, you know, 20 years, 50 years from now and see that it was a real turning point in the way that um, healthcare was delivered. Um, so, I mean, yeah, whether, you know, people ha could have their own opinions about it, but it, it's definitely one of the most impactful things I think in healthcare. And I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out and how it's forcing other companies, like you mentioned, to be innovative. Um, so great point. Uh, so Andrew, before I let you go, uh, one last, one last question. If you had to take anyone out to dinner, they have to be alive and they have to be famous, uh, which means they should have a Wikipedia page. Who would that person be? And why? <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. Let me think here for a minute. Um, Let's see. You can't say Obama and you can't say Trump because those have been used, I think, more than once already. So I'm, I'm like not really? allowing okay. that to be answers anymore. <laughs> That's a tricky one. Okay, so hmm. 
I have a couple, but I don't want to give a textbook answer. But I would say um, I would say Jeff Bezos, and that may be kind of a textbook answer because he's always in the news and whatever. But I love reading. So I love reading business biographies and um, one case study that's so interesting is the thought of Amazon starting as a, a bookseller and now being in all these different spaces and being the leader in cloud storage and all these things. I think just in general, that's a really good uh, story of, of, you know, starting something, whether it's a company or anything else and being able to adapt and never sort of being satisfied. So I would love to hear his sort of in the trenches story on starting as this sort of nerdy, nerdy bookseller and turning into this massive company that's kind of eating the world. So I would probably say him. Yeah. Well, if you, that dinner does happen, if you could please shoot me an invite, um, I'd be more than happy to join because I too would like to hear about that. So it's um, like we said earlier, all bets are off. If I'm ever eating with Jeff Bezos, <laughs> all bets are off. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but yeah. you'll be invited. I guarantee you that. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. So how can people learn um, a little bit more about Groove Health? And if they want to reach back out to you in the future to connect, how can they do that? Yeah, so uh, they can go to our website. It's www.groovehealthrx.com. Um, also, LinkedIn as well. So if you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to link LinkedIn me, uh, Andrew Harani, H-O-U-R-A-N-I, and I'd love to connect. I'm always excited to talk about people, uh, talk to people in the space, and uh, especially pharmacists who have that experience of patient to patient human to human interaction that I don't have with patients. So please reach out to me. I'd love to love to talk to all of you. And I'll include all that um, in the show notes. Uh, so anyone that's driving or running or doing something that they can't write it down, um, you'll be able to find that in the show notes later to connect back. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate all your insight. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. Okay, I would so be down to go to dinner with Jeff Bezos. I have a bunch of questions for him to pick his brain. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Make sure to connect with me on any of your favorite social media platforms, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.